This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you know, here at The Coffee Breakup, both Marvin and myself, we take mental health very seriously, especially when it comes to therapy. It can be awkward, but the beauty of our sponsorship now with BetterHelp is the accessibility that you get literally over your phone or on the computer, however it is that you need to communicate with someone at BetterHelp to get that therapy that you need. So without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. If you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress, whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and the Coffee Breakup listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash The Coffee Breakup. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash The Coffee Breakup. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. A common tactic, too, is that the aggressor, the abuser, will try to get a restraining order first to try to, like, play victim. Wow. Yeah. But that's why there's a hearing, because the judge has to hear both sides of the story. Okay. And they'll make the determination. Yeah, it gets a little... No, it just reminds me of... um, Remember when we went to Iceland? Yeah. There was, like, a lot of drama going on. But I just... It reminded me, because the person who was kind of starting the drama would run to Uh give us their side yeah, first yeah, yeah, and the other person would say their side and then like, the per, the person who came first was obviously not saying the full story they were playing that yeah. hard and i'm like oh, that doesn't make sense yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah, could see how good that could be mm-hmm. a common practice yeah You guys don't even have a camera guy anymore. It's just like you guys. There's no space for one. (laughs) 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 He's going to have to be like in the corner. (laughs) No, but I'm surprised because like the videos are great. Like the footage, the angles. You know, it's funny because lately we've been getting a lot of messages of like, oh, I'm sure that, you know, your team. Yeah. (laughs) People think like we have like a whole team looking at it. (laughs) This is team. (laughs) Basically, this is team. Uh, I know you're always like congratulating him for being so consistent. It's not that. It's Marvin. He's a huge like lifesaver. For me, because since I always say since I work nine to five, that's like when we need to be the most active on social media. Not like constantly. I mean, it would be ideal, but at least like those those are the hours where we should be posting things. And he has a little bit of availability right in between that window. Yeah. So while I'm like stuck with a client or something, he will be like, oh, like he'll probably be here like finishing up or getting ready for work. So. No, yeah, you guys definitely balance each other out. Yeah, it's uh, it works for me well because I usually <laughs> he's a phone addict. I love you so much. No, no, yeah, <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> um, so because I work at an airport, and so I have. I have more leeway when it comes to like I bring my laptop to work like I get stuff done while I'm at the airport and I have my phone and I do usually do social media and all that stuff like that because by the time he leaves work I go into work where I'm like okay like I can't be on my phone anymore I can't get the stuff done but by that time the day is pretty much over already so it just it works out well uh, but yeah man you thank you so much for being um being there for seeing it now you're on the other side of it because yeah. you've always seen this the finished product and now here you are being the product yeah in a I way very, so i thought being honored. the product yeah. i like that, <laughs> yeah, like that. I like that. um so yeah we're glad to have you here you reached out a, a, a couple weeks ago maybe yeah 
And you were saying that you, your background, you're a social worker, and you have you know, certain things to share, experiences. I think the better question is, how did you make the cut? So what do you have that, you're, that brought you here, right? <laughs> so what do you do? So I was shooting my shop. I like that. Right? I like that. You did. And look, you made it. You <laughs> know? Did. So well, my name is yourself, yeah. Milagro. I'm an advocate for domestic violence. And I'm pe- very passionate about the field. I also work with victims of human trafficking. Um, before going into more of my background, I just wanted to give a little spiel in regards to the shift of perspectives of what it even took me to like reach out to you guys. Sure. Exactly. So... In December of 2021 is when I discovered you guys. I saw someone that I went to elementary school. He had posted about you guys because there was a giveaway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then I was like, oh, let me check them out. I started watching a couple episodes and just loved the content. I love the diversity of audience you guys had. And the way you guys maneuvered through those conversations, I thought it was very um, respectable. You know, it's like even if you don't see eye to eye or agree with that person, it's about respecting someone's other like walk of life mm-hmm. exactly yeah exactly so Thank then that. at that time i was like you guys would make comments i'm like oh man i have a comment for that and i would be like so excited but i was like you know what if i'm meant to be on their podcast the universe would just bring us along right wow. i would run into them at like at a hospital or like at a bakery or something and like i say hospital because i've just been a lot yeah, yeah. in the hospital but um like we'll just our Pass will cross, and they'll just see, like, oh, wow, this is a great conversation on this. Let's go ahead and have her on the podcast. Then, uh, fast forward, my friend's boss, he has a podcast. She was telling him for the longest, like, hey, I think you should have Millie on the podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And I guess he was just like sitting on it. I didn't even know she was proposing that to him. Then last year in December, I went to her holiday party. And another girl that was there that has her own podcast, The Breaking Bread... And she told mm-hmm. him, the, my f- best friend's boss, and was like, hey, I think you should have Millie on your podcast. Like, I think it would, like, help people and resonate with many people that are experiencing domestic violence, and you don't know who could help. And then he was like, oh, okay, so he reached out to me, like, a week before. Um, like, he reached out to me. I'm sorry, I meant a week before, but it was, like, a week after that. Right, right, right. But a week before I got on the podcast. And I was, like, contemplating. Like, my initial reaction was like, no, nah, I'm not ready for that. And then I went on it, and then I was like, okay. So I, we finished the podcast episode, and my best friend was like, wow, you did amazing. It was so good. Right, but I also think she's biased because she's my <laughs> yeah, best friend. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, I was spiraling. I was spiraling and, like, very negative, super hard on myself. And I was like, I didn't do well. There's, like, so many nuances to domestic violence, and I don't think I really, like, tackled every detail, every conversation. And she was like hey, I don't understand where this is coming from, but you're being extremely hard on yourself, and I think it's just about putting yourself out there. She's like, how can you even, like, accomplish your goals and your dreams if you're going to be, like, doing all this negative self-talk? And at that moment, I was, like, not comforting. I was like, you're not understanding what I'm feeling right now. And then the next day, I was journaling, and I was like, you know what? She has a point. It's about putting yourself out there and just believing and trusting in yourself. Right. So then 
like a couple of days passed and I woke up and I started journaling, like, hey, you know what? I'm going to reach out to the coffee podcast because I think it'll be a great opportunity and I'm ready. That morning, you guys had posted, it was Monday, you guys had posted an episode with this girl named Patricia. Yeah. Like a, yeah, 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 a couple of weeks ago. Patricia. Patty, or right? Patty, yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then a few minutes like into the, pod, the episode, I like look at her Instagram and I'm like, oh man, she's a fitness model. She's an Instagram influencer. <laughs> and I was like, I don't even know how to do my makeup like that. Like <laughs> being super negative and hard on myself, yeah, right? Yeah. And then I was like, then I saw like one of her highlight videos of her singing. Bro, that woman has a voice, a beautiful voice. Mm. And it's like, it reminded me of like my intentions. And I'm like, it's more about what meets the eye. Like it's, so I was like, I'm here to like for my intentions in regards to my purpose because it's deeper. Like it's not only about the exterior. So even hearing her sing, it like connected me like, hey, like I'm, I'm judging this girl, like assuming all these things, like doing comparing myself and being negative based off like the exterior of what I'm seeing on her profile. And then like when I was hearing her voice, like, you know, it's like like a gift. So I was like, OK, this is about embracing people's gifts and their light. So that was beautiful. I like that. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's bringing you on and just, I think it's very important to just be yourself. Um, and just like you said, you know, kind of live with intention and know what those are. And I think that anything else externally is kind of just BS and it's bullshit at that point. Because if you're constantly living with a purpose and, you know, with your own intention, I think it's very irrelevant. What else is kind of that exterior validation yeah. or that response, that feedback? So... And I think we want to embrace that and we kind of want to promote that here where it's just like you said when you started, which thank you, by the way. No, well, okay. That was very, very, very thoughtful. Thank you. But yeah, we just want everybody to, to kind of have a voice and we may not agree, but we do know that if that is a thought or if that is a position that one is holding, that can't be the only person that has that position because yeah. I have an opposing view and maybe he agrees. What's to say that that person doesn't have someone that agrees somewhere else? So yeah. now there's another point of view. There has to be something that we need to kind of dive a little bit deeper and understand where this came from. So whether I don't agree, and then there's a lot of people that call this yes men because we kind of just say, oh, yeah, yo, okay, that's cool, that's great, because we kind of just accept whatever they say, yeah. remember? But it's like we don't really agree, but we'll accept it because I want you to accept my point of view. I'm going to be open to just listen to what you have to say. Yeah. So I just want everybody to kind of feel like that where, hey, if you live with intention, you live with a purpose and you are who you are, stand by it. Show that to, to everybody and don't worry about what everyone else is worried about because if you're worrying about what that's going to look like, everyone else is not worried about you. They're worried about what they're worrying about, people looking at them. Yeah. You're the last thing on their mind. So I think that that's something that we really want to promote. So yeah, hope that's the mission that we're accomplishing. Like are you, oh. yeah. No, no, go ahead. I was mm -hmm. going to say that um, I might not resonate with every guest you guys have on the yeah. episode, I. but <laughs> I would say that um, I know it takes courage, you know, to come on this on a podcast and being vulnerable and, and sharing honest, your experience you know. and your story. Like that takes courage. So Absolutely. props to everyone that's putting themselves out there. Thank you. Yeah. We've had so many different guests on different walks of life, different careers, different beliefs, different religions, all kinds of stuff. That's kind of the goal, you know, because you're not always going to agree with everybody. And th that was never the intention for the podcast to begin with. We're not always going to bring somebody on that you'll agree with or that we agree with. Uh, but I think we, we've created a really nice space where people can come beyond, be honest and be vulnerable without, f you know, feeling like, man, they're going to attack me for this. Yeah. Or it doesn't have to be a hostile discussion, you know, um, or combative or anything like that. Just kind of let me see where you're coming from and maybe we can find some common ground. And if we don't, well, you know what? At least we had a great conversation. And that's the whole point. Exactly. So, you know, we're glad to have you on. Um, 
And tell us a little bit about, you, about yourself in terms of like, what is it that you do for people who may not know you? Who's Milagros? So I'm a victim of domestic violence, like I said earlier, and I've been in this field for six years. You're an advocate? Yes. Okay. Right, I said victim, that's why, yeah. yeah. Or you're also a victim. Um, so, so victim... You're an advocate for, yeah. for, for victims. Or a vi- oh, advocate for yeah. victims. Yeah, exactly. Ah, right, 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 right. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. That's so, understood. <laughs> yeah. But anyways. Mm-hmm. So right. then I started six years ago. I was 19 when I first started. I was working at a hotel. I thought I was going to... So I wasn't really sure and clear what I wanted to do as a career. I just knew I wanted to do something with people. I love people. And I was already working at hotels. So I was like, okay, hospitality makes sense. And I had... um. There was a person that needed shelter, but there wasn't availability at shelter, so they accommodated her at the hotel that I worked at for two weeks. Oh, wow. So I did her check-in process, and I remember she came in, and she was super nervous. She didn't wasn't, didn't even feel comfortable or confident even speaking. Like, she just looked, was looking down. and But I knew the situation because an advocate has accompanied her to the hotel. So then a couple of days in, like, she saw us two weeks. She, it was five days in her reservation, it was 11 o'clock at night. My shift had just ended. And she brings me her keys. And I was like, hey, I just got to go. And I'm like, oh, where are you going? She's like, I don't know. I just got to go somewhere safe. I got to be safe. I'm not safe. And then I went, like, running behind her. And I was like, hey, can you please explain to me, like, what is it that, why don't you feel safe? Did something happen? And then she just starts telling me in regards to her domestic violence relationship and how she's been with her husband. I think it was um, 17 years. Wow. And it was physical abuse, emotional abuse. Um, and it was just, so, I mean, in regards to that, I think domestic violence, usually people interpret it as just physical abuse, but domestic violence is psychological abuse, course, physical abuse, emotion, emotional abuse, financial abuse, finan- exactly. Sexual Ooh. abuse. Mm, oh, yeah, of course. So, um, I was just listening to her. And then after that, I started disclosing in regards to my mom, that my mom was a victim of domestic violence with my father. She was with him 19 years. And I just started like comforting her, right? And like letting her know like it was completely normal and valid that you were having like this roller coaster that you could even be missing him right now. Like even if like it's been abuse, like that's her normal, right? That's what she's what been she exposed. Knows. Yeah. That's what she's been um living for. Yeah. yeah. Like the routine. Mm-hmm. So when you don't have it, it's like, wait, where's the abuse? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, that's that's crazy. So then I walked her back to her room. Sure. I exchanged um, contact numbers. And I started sending her positive messages every day. Mm-hmm. You didn't even know this lady? No. Like a stranger. Cool. Yeah. Like in a hotel. I love people. And I Which think you were working always... at, right? Yes. At the time. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. Yeah, continue. And then a month later, I was working a shift, at, like the morning shift, which I usually didn't. And I have someone come and like, oh, who's Milagro? Can I speak to Milagro? I'm like, oh, I'm Milagro. And they're like, oh, well, I am an advocate at... Um, the organization, the nonprofit for domestic violence victims. And I think you'd be a great asset to the team. I think you should apply. And I was like, oh, I felt super honored. She told me that it was because a client had disclosed to her, like the messages I was sending her and she, like it really helped her. So then I was like holding onto the card for like a month because I was like, that's a whole career change. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is it something that I want to do? And then a month passed, but like, I was like constantly like thinking about it. It was in the back of my mind. And I was like, no, it's like destiny. Like, I'm meant to do this. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, I took um, a leap of faith and I interviewed. I got the job and, yeah, so I've been doing it for six years. How old are you now? 25. 25. I turned 26 in April. 
that is that has to be um it, it's crazy how you, if it wasn't for you for that job at the hotel that you and you wouldn't have met that woman you wouldn't have helped her you may have never fallen in that that career path yeah right you know so everything definitely happens for a reason like yeah, especially how you uh, it was also a testament to i think living with your intention you you know yeah and you within yeah because you felt like you didn't have to but you still wanted to console this woman. You still wanted to be there and, you know, kind of help this person. And, and again, there was nothing required from your part to do so. But you did. And it almost kind of led you into a profession that yeah. is so rewarding. With yeah. allows you to live with the intention that you have. Mm-hmm. And it was also, think about it, it was, it was the end of your shift, right? You, you could have just clocked out and gone home, you know, which a lot of people probably would have. So at the end of the day, you know, you that's, like, that's tomorrow's see, problem. Yeah, yeah, not my problem right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So, so the fact that you kind of helped her out in, in that moment, it speaks a lot. It speaks volume for who you are and your character. So, kudos to you. Thank you. And where did that take you after that? So you applied, and then so I applied, and it was, it was so hard in the beginning. Uh, I couldn't like disconnect from work. Like I worked at the shelter, so I did the hotline screenings, so the crisis calls for people that are seeking shelter. Yeah. And then I was an outreach advocate and then I worked at the shelter. So it's like you're also like a residential advocate. So you're assisting the clients, the residents that are at the shelter. It's temporary, you know, it's only like a, a six to eight week stay. Mm-hmm. But it's for someone to have a safe roof over their head, you know, and not to feel that they constantly have to walk on eggshells. Yeah. So they can feel safe. They can feel more in tune with like, OK, what are they feeling? What are their what are their experiences and what, how they want to move forward? So it gives them, like, a breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, so I became very passionate about domestic violence. I got more comfortable as I, like, with time in the field. And it just shows me, like, domestic violence, as you said in the message, like, yesterday, it's in the lives of many, sadly. Mm. So I think it's just really important for anyone that's experiencing domestic violence to know that, you know, they're not alone, you know, there's not a metric because I know so many people you had asked me like, hey, what are the worst cases? Yeah, but it's relative. It's a common, yeah. common question. Uh, I think victims even like ask themselves like, oh, well, it's not that bad. It could be worse, yeah. you know, and I there's no metric to abuse. Right. Abuse is abuse. So I think it's about validating that person's feelings. And if you have any thoughts or feelings that you're might be experiencing an unhealthy relationship, then take that time to really um, sit with yourself. Because yeah. I know it's sometimes harder. Like, okay, well, this is what I know, especially if there's kids involved. They're thinking, like, okay, well, this is a roof over my head. If there's financial dependency, it's like, yeah. how can I leave this situation? I, yeah, I feel like that a lot of times amplifies things because, say, you're with somebody, and if you don't have the financial resources to leave this person... Well, you're gonna stay longer than than maybe other people if you had the meet the needs to 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 leave, you know. So I think that could play uh, uh, a big part in it as well. Yeah, you know. You did say that there's no metric, but is there some sort of way, or or have you seen from your experience that people are probably um, abusing some sort of domestic abuse, like kind of, for example? Let's say I just, I'm with uh, the man and he has a lot of money. So financial, like I, I rely on him, but then he did something dumb or now I'm just going to cry wolf and say that he's abusing me, but he's really not. 
just to kind of get back at him because then it's like so what's the metric then because you say there is none but then how can we how, how can someone take advantage of that so when i was referring to metric i was referring to like actual like domestic violence right someone that so life is very gray so there unfortunately there are cases that are like that right that it's someone that out of retaliation mm-hmm. they're going to claim domestic violence really? um, so what happens in those situations like where where do you get involved in that? Do you guys? So if they come, it depends on if they come to our like our agency, like if they're seeking services, right? Um, I think it's definitely like getting more context to the dynamic, to what's going on, to see what yeah. what are they even looking for, like what assistance are they looking for, what do they want to do, but like, what I, is the purpose? I mean, those cases are probably very very minimal, no? In, in terms of that, would you know come and seek you? Right, because if they're gonna do like if it's like a false thing, wouldn't they presumably contact the police? Rather, well, yeah, than I was you? gonna say it's most likely the police mm, that they would yeah. like make out that claim. If they're gonna reach out to you, generally speaking, it's because they, I would like to believe they really need the help, yes. right? And if there was a false claim for it, they, you know, they wouldn't be going to you. I mean, unless they were really like sick in the head and just trying to really build the case. Yeah, I mean, we've had cases like you, that. Man, like oh, that deep, yeah. We've There's had loopholes that like both people show up. So, like, seek services. Like, the victim and the aggressor, and they're both claiming to be victims. Oh, Because wow. yeah. one probably does have, like, is actually getting abused. Well, yeah. maybe but, but maybe both are getting abused. It's like a... So that could be, a, no? That could I wanted to make a clarification. So, in regards to domestic violence, we, like, talked about a different um, yeah. type of abuse. Yeah. And someone can be experiencing all of them or one, but it's abuse is abuse. That's what I meant in of regards course. to the yeah, metric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. And then usually p- people think of an aggressor and they just automatically assume it's a male. And it's like, no, an aggressor can be a woman as well, Yeah, you know? And so a victim, a survivor of domestic violence is, could be a woman or a male. Yeah. And even a child too, if they're experiencing it through the parents. It's funny. Cause, um, I saw uh, a video the other day that it was, um, it was a guy who he was showing like a Google search and it was like, um, like, Oh, like a man says, Oh, like my wife is yelling at me. Um, what do I do? And it's like, oh, like 10 ways for you to like, you know, help your wife or like, you know, be a better husband, whatever. But then you look up like, oh, my husband is yelling at me. What do I do? And it's like domestic abuse hotline. It's almost yeah. like it's almost like, oh, if the only p- person that could be the aggressor is the man. Yeah. But like many people assume that it can only like and that's so I'm not big on statistics. Yeah. Um. So then because a lot of people don't speak don't report sure, it's very violence. under under uh, reported yeah especially male victims oh for sure yeah because of like pride like ego. yeah what do you think no one's gonna believe them yeah Cause, true because what i was pulling up here is one, you said, literally before you said on you know big on statistics because i was saying that one in four one in four and then one in nine what what, what what one out of four women will experience some type of uh oh, okay. uh-huh, domestic uh-huh. abuse and, and then one out of nine men will experience domestic abuse reported then, yeah reported, reported yeah. So that number is probably very much skewed, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in in you know with those numbers. But I I can see how it could be pretty common, how men could be abused too. If it's yeah. verbal abuse, if it's like emotional abuse, or if they hit, you know, like a lot of people think, well, you know, like a woman hits me, I can't hit back, or I can't, I just gotta take it, I just gotta you know toughen up. You see it all. I mean, you've, you've you you can see that stuff on social media. So I think there's a bit of misconception when it comes to that, and so I'm glad you're here to help maybe clarify that because there's gonna be some people who listen and who might fall into that category. Yeah, are you able to kind of go over and um and detail the different types of use, just like you did, but kind of like maybe like provide an example of because maybe someone's out there like, oh, I'm not sure what it is, but it's like, oh wait, I am experiencing that. So 
I think that would fall like under like you know psychological. Um, so yeah, what can be like a, a psychological? And don't worry if you need a minute to break. We'll just tell uh, the editor, yo, cut it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll chop it. So it could be like gaslighting, right? So you're playing with the um, person's mind, you're toying with their mind, you're making them start doubting and questioning themselves. So now they're not even trusting their own instincts. Yeah, I see. Okay, okay. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, you're in there. You sort of say you're in their head then. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, emotional abuse is like, oh, you're worthless. You're not enough. No one else is gonna love you. You're you're lucky that I'm with you. Yeah. You're not gonna find anybody better than me. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Um, physical abuse. Yeah. Of course. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, sexual abuse. So, like once, uh, like let's say you guys just had an argument. You like with your partner. You guys just fought, and. The person is like, okay, well, like now trying to like have sex, and then like the per- the other partner is like, okay, well, I'm not in the mood to have sex right now, yeah. and then it's like, like, and then it's just like the guilt tripping, you know, like instead of respecting that no, mm-hmm. it's like you start guilt tripping and like trying to tease or provoke that person, and then it's like you guys end up having sex, but was it really like <clears throat> consensual? Yeah. You know? Okay, okay. That's, a good, that's a good one. Because a lot of people, some people might also think like, oh, just because we're married, you can't say no to me having sex or oh, us having... There, there was like even like a stat, legal statute where if you're married, some states even, where you, legally you cannot be charged of raping your, your spouse because you're legally married. Which that's is, crazy. Yeah, which yeah. assumes that just because you're married, you know... That you they gotta... Have, yeah, you have access to sex whenever you want, mm-hmm. which obviously is not the case. <laughs> which, But it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, and even... Back in the days, you you if that was your wife, it, she couldn't say no. Like, you know, you come home from work, I, I want to have sex. Oh no, I'm not in the mood. That back then, that didn't really happen. So, and even, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. I'm under the weather. Too bad. And it's like, <laughs> you know? yeah, that's crazy. Okay, damn. Okay, yeah, so that was that was uh uh-huh. sexual. It was financial one too. Financial. Financial abuse. Really big one. So, I would say like if one's more of the the money maker. It's um, are restricting like what they're spending on like so instead of, sorry, let me just make sure that yeah yeah because no, I'm thinking for financial it's probably like uh you're kind of just relying on that person for kind of for survival mm. at this point because like they maybe they pay for your things or they put a roof over your head or like they're in control so of so they the have money. to make the choices they have to make the decision yeah it could also be that um they restrict if like let's say they're both um breadwinners they both have their own money. And then once that person is like, let's say, buying something just for self care, clothing, or anything like questioning their their finances, their expenses, making them feel bad, like, oh, you don't know what you're buying, like you're not that's um, useless. Why are you buying that's that? That's a dumb purchase. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, that could be subtle. Um, is there any more? Is there more? I think we psychological, talked. emotional, physical, physical, sexual, financial, financial. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh man, yeah, like it just kind of highlights how abuse comes in all shapes and forms, you know. Yeah. And um, maybe a lot of people don't even realize, hey, like, oh, this has happened to me, or they underplay it. Like you said it earlier, other people have it worse. Yeah, he c- 
cut off my credit card, but other people get beaten. Oh, or yeah. some people have died from yeah. domestic violence. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, I'll, I'll be yeah. I'll be okay. Did you want something? No, I'm okay. Thank you. You want something? I'm, I'm good, bro. Thank you. <laughs> um, but so that's cr- yeah, yeah. It's 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 devastating, but. And even if, yeah, like the, the numbers are probably very underreported, but it just highlights, even amplifies the fact that a lot of people are struggling with this, you know? Yeah, and a lot of people feel shame too, like victims. Speak out. They don't even feel comfortable, yeah, speaking out. And then usually, right, majority of the cases, like the aggressor is usually a very charming, charismatic person. Mm. So then like the world views them, this person as like such a, a great person. Like they're not capable of doing that. Very manipulative, right? right? Mm-hmm. Let's see. But you have no idea what happens behind closed doors, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, for instance, sorry, I'm like having a blink. No, no, no <laughs> it's okay. We have, we have an editor for that. It's, uh, well, yeah, just kind of highlight. And a lot of times those people are like very, yeah, you were saying charming, even narcissistic. That's what I was yeah, thinking. Yeah. And they, in, in the public opinion of their friends and family, well, he's the best guy ever. But then they have behind closed doors, they, you know, they start being abusive. One of my friends actually, this was, I think, over a year ago. She was telling me how she was dating this guy. And that's exactly how, how, how she felt. Like, she felt like this man made her feel like the biggest piece of shit. Like, you can't do anything. You don't do anything. He would spend all of his money on, like, showing off to his friends and his luxuries and all these things. But then for her, wouldn't do anything. Made her pay for everything. She was spotting him for everything. Paying for his gas. Taking him everywhere. And they ended up breaking up. And I don't know their situation right now. But she would tell me how then she would hang out with his friends or like in, in a, just a social setting. And they're all like, man, you don't know how much he misses you. He talks so much about you, yeah. all these things. Like you were the best thing. Like he was just so different when he was with you. And she's like, she, it literally got to the point that it got into her head where she's like, I don't know what to believe now. It, it, am I? Yeah, like you start questioning yourself. It, that's where I really got worried, yeah. and that's when I really started paying attention to that. Because at first, I'm like, I don't really know, but I didn't really feel like like narcissistic was the guy's just an asshole. But it really got me understanding of to what level someone can go yeah. to make someone feel that way, to the point that you've created this facade. Like it's like a whole act yeah. to everyone around you, yeah. all to like bully this person because no matter where this like where she would go, she always felt like. Wait, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I feel like shit when I'm with him. He makes me feel like shit. And now these guys are also his friends are making me feel like shit as if it's my fault that we're not together because he's here crying about us breaking up. But this guy's making my life a living hell. Yeah. So that like it really got me scared because if that's the I don't want to say the mission, but if that's kind of the result of what narcissists do, I just feel like it can be like it, many people can easily fall into that especially when you think that you love the person or yeah. or you feel like you need that person because that guy would say, would say the same thing, like, oh, you're not going to find anyone better, like this and that, like, look at what I have, look at all these people. But it's like, like the, the, the lengths that someone would go to literally, like, destroy one's, like, self- yeah, support, self-esteem. Like, yeah. It break you down. It, yeah. w- it was just shocking when, when I saw that, like, to, to see someone really be responding to that. And like, I just couldn't believe and I also think it's like, and I'm sure maybe you can chime in on that. Like the the abuse it never starts off like 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 right away. It's no. subtle. Mm-hmm. It's like you yeah. know. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, no, it definitely. That's how you they lure you in. Yeah, yeah. And it's you like what you whatever you tolerate. Well, like they see how far. Yeah, you remember the story you would always share. It's I don't know who it was. 
the the husband was doing he he smacked something or he slammed something and then the <sighs> wife was like oh never do this shit again or you know I'm out yeah 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 he raised his voice yeah. uh, to her about something and then her mom was there and she looks at her like you're gonna you know if you let him do this now he's gonna do that forever exactly. she grabbed him sardine and she freaking threw it against his head and he's like yo are you crazy and he goes never fucking talk to me like that again and after that he was fucking exactly you gotta shut that shit down but if you tolerate that okay now he knows he can he can or they can they know that they can yell at you next time they slam a door the next time they keep the they they'll hide the key the car keys or they yeah i'll get progressive yeah, yeah yeah it gets worse but next thing you know it's like how did i get in get here mm-hmm. you know so yeah i think um it's like not even like they're intentionally like tolerating it it's just that it's like happening um because well, so they, expe- they don't expect yeah because yeah. it's usually like super charming right super charming super loving they usually put you on a pedestal so then you feel like wow this person really cares for me i've never been loved like this and then oh, keep them mm. yeah i'll do anything to make sure i keep them oh yeah you, you just fall like you're, you become blind yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. or they fuck They're up blinding. or they start off doing something then the next thing they apologize hey whatever happened again they get the flowers they love bomb you whatever then something happens again they apologize next thing you know you end up in a cycle so Damn. you guys were mentioning like you were telling uh saying about your friend and like all the signs, all the, yeah, like yeah, all yeah. the behaviors. Mm. So in like 1984, right? Because domestic violence, unfortunately, is in the lives of so many. And it's been, it's existed for so long, so many decades, right? It's not until like the 1980s is when people started like finally speaking out. Especially, you know, in Latin cultures, it's um, like, hey, what happens in the home stays at home. Sure. So, yeah, sure. you know, like not really allowing people to feel comfortable or speaking out. Right, especially if the other like if neighbors, friends see this person as super charming, then it's like, hey, are, are you sure that they're abusing you? Are you? Sure, it's not you. Like, what are you doing? Is there anything you can improve on? Or like, you know, just check in with that person. Or that person tries to talk to the the partner. Like, hey, this person disclosed that they're experiencing this, and that can just like, like oh create God. a fire, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, we were talking about the different abuses. Yeah. In 1984, they created, well, I brought it, actually, the power and control wheel, right? So, I mean, it's a little outdated because if you see the verbiage, it's pretty oh, good. Pronounced. Have it. Oh, yeah. no, no, like Dude, this it. is awesome. PowerPoint <laughs> presentation. So, you so see much. the verbiage is very, like, um, as a woman victim and a male aggressor. But, so what they found in common, right? Okay. The physical abuse, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, financial, sexual yeah. Is that they use certain tactics, right, to gain? Like what they all had in common was that they were trying to gain power and control over the other person. Yeah. So, regardless of like what type of abuse, if it was all the abuses, those were the behaviors. Like usually isolating that person from their family and their friends. Usually making it seem like if their family and friends are out to get them, or like you know make make them feel very misunderstood. Yeah. Wow. Using my um. If you can email us this or send me this so I can re- put it yeah, here. Yeah, most definitely. Power and control. Some yeah. of them. I mean, I'll read through some of them. So you had said as isolation. So using isolation, controlling what she does, who she sees and talks to, what she reads, where she goes, limiting her outside mm-hmm. involvement, using jealousy to justify actions, using uh, economic abuse, preventing her from getting or keeping a job. There you go. That's Making big. her ask yeah. for money, giving her an allowance, taking her money, not letting her know about or have access to family income. And then we can use um, using intimidation. Making her afraid by using looks, actions, gestures, smashing things, destroying her property, 
abusing pets. Even the pets. Yeah, Displaying weapons. That's insane. And I'm, I'm, I want to re- read a little bit more. Using emotional abuse, putting her down, making her feel bad about herself, calling her names, making her think she's crazy, playing mind games, humiliating her, making her feel guilty. Wow, dude. There's like, t- t- uh, let me just read the rest if, if it's cool with you. Guys. Using yeah. children, making her feel guilty about the children, using the children to relay messages, using visitation to harass her, threatening to take the children away, um, coercion and threats. Uh, making and or carrying out threats to do something to hurt her, threatening to leave her, to commit suicide, report her to welfare, making her drop <laughs> charges, making her do illegal things. Why are you laughing, then? The welfare hey, thing is kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then funny. The last one, again, this one's more steered for men being the aggressor, using male privilege, treating her like a servant, making all the big decisions, acting like the master of the castle, being the one to define men's and women's roles. Yeah, and also female aggressors would do the same, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I do. I do find it very, very ironic how this is. Uh, it's all geared as as men as the aggressor. That was like in the 1980s. Yeah, so but it just goes to show how to how we started updated. off. How yeah. we started off. How it's like, well, men don't get because men are whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah, it's a very huge misconception. This was great. Thank you for this. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. We'll put it uh, here somewhere Ooh. above uh, all we're reading. Yeah. It. yeah. But uh, I mean, it's it's so because a lot of these things, man. I mean, I've I have people that I know that have experienced some of these things without a doubt, uh, whether that is coworkers or as friends. And uh, so some of these things, when you were reading them, I was like, man, like I'm pretty sure there's people. I've had people in my life that have told me about some of these things, but to them, it might not even feel like abuse. It just yeah. might feel like, oh well, he just. Had a bad day at work, or uh, you know, he's just going through hard times, or whatever, and so it's never acceptable. Um, yeah, justifying the justification it. of it. Yeah. Um, is there any reason why um, one may want power and control? Like, what's usually like one of the factors, or maybe like the causes of w- someone kind of taking that narcissistic route in this case, or to be the. So aggressor? I'm not um, huge on labels, so in regards to like narcissist. Let's just say aggressor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not bad. No, 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 not bad. It's very common. I'm just like not big on labels because then we get so fixated and like that's all they are. All the aggressors are narcissists. People can change. People can evolve. Like we don't want people to stay in the same cycle, you know? I got you. Even for aggressors. I got you. And um, you're not big on labels. You're not big on statistics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm teasing. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. ahead. (laughs) So I'm sorry, what was the question? Yeah, so then why would one. Like, how does one take this path? Or, like, what, what would be the so cause of the power of and control over someone? So, I think it's more common than we think, right? We try to, like, in a lot of um, relationships, we see a partner trying to be controlling um, in regards to who you're hanging out with. Yeah. It just has to do more with, like, internal trauma and insecurities. No? Like, it's never a reflection of the partner or course, the relationship or the dynamic. Because the reality is that person is going to, like, if they're an aggressor, any relationship they're in is going to be a domestic violence relationship. It's going to be unhealthy. It's going to be toxic until they recognize and take accountability for what they're doing. They're tra- like them hurting others, you know. Yeah. They have to definitely do like that inner work, that shadow work in regards to their own insecurities and trauma. Just, I wonder how because... Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. No, I mean, very brief. I wonder yeah, how because right. like once you get into that space... Where you truly believe that what you're doing is okay, because because they start, don't they mm. don't think it's it's wrong what they're doing. They yeah. just think it's what needs to be done. Yeah. It's normal for them. So 
So I'm not big on labels, but I think that's where it falls more under to like narcissism, right? We got a label. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but I mean, in regards to aggressors, I don't want to put aggressors. I got like yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, um, another big because you hear a lot of these cases. Some some of them are a little bit more high profile, and a lot of people will say, "Well, why didn't you just leave? Why don't you just leave?" That's that's a common thing, right? Yeah. It's never that easy because mm-hmm. if. If, some, if I was in a relationship, in a new, I mean, I'm currently in a new relationship, but if there was a day where my partner would abuse me in some type of form, I'd be out the door. But, again, it's easier said than done a lot of times. In a lot of these cases, it's, it's never that easy. Yeah, you don't know until you're actually in that situation. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so that's so a big that's misconception. So that's not a, yeah. a question that, um, I think that's victim blaming. I think that's, like, society has conditioned people to, like, blame victims, right? And, like, not holding the aggressor accountable. So that's why we see, like, these repetitive cycles. So in, even, let's say, let me give you an example. Uh, let's say a mom with kids, she's experiencing domestic violence in the household, reports uh, to law enforcement, calls 911 because he just um, assaulted her. Yeah. So cops come. They automatically, if kids are there, they automatically have to report it to DCF. DCF gets involved. Let's say... They're still trying to work things out. They send the aggressor to... This is under the pretense that the aggressor is the male. Sure. That they have to take um, better intervention classes, right? So they have to get better. But mom, let's say, has to li- not leave the house. If she doesn't leave the house, she's going to get kids removed. And then it's like, where do you expect mom to go? What if she doesn't have any family, doesn't have any resources? So now we're putting more pressure on mom. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, hey, you're not leaving. You're not prioritizing your kids' safety or your safety. So since you're not a parent, we're going to remove the kids. And now they go into the uh, foster Foster care. Foster and stuff like that. So that's when I think um, they make it harder. Yeah, yeah, the system is like set up for for failure almost. Yeah, and it's like, why didn't you... Why didn't you leave? Why didn't you do your part? But then it's like, hey, why am I getting all, like, the lashback? And, like, why is the person that's committing the abuse, right, that's exposing the kids to the abuse, is not getting any repercussions or being held accountable? Because they can even get arrested, but then they have bond and they can be bailed out. Right, right, right. And it's like, I feel like nothing happens until it's too late, until you hear it all the time. Victim dies. Victim, you know, gets gets to the point where over the kids or something like that, and then it's like, well, where was the police, right? You know, and they came, they would come, like you were saying, maybe they would, they would, there was, you know, a report or whatever. Person gets sent to jail. Two days later, they're back out, and yeah. then it's like the vicious cycle just continues. So I think it's um, important for people to also know that there's resources out there, right? There's okay. social services in every state. In regards to domestic violence, because domestic violence, since it does not discriminate, it does not care about your gender, your class, your social yeah. class, your education, your race. Um, it can happen to anyone, right? Any background. And so I think that's when, like, because it's so, it's everywhere, right? They have social services, DV units in every courthouse all across the nation. Um, social services, social departments for domestic violence. So there's different resources in regards to individual counseling, support groups, restraining orders, like a consultation with attorneys. So there's resources out there so they can, there's more tools, you know, to yeah. plan. Because usually when you're leaving a domestic violence relationship, it's the most dangerous time as well. Okay. Because then that's that's when that person is losing the power and control over that person, over that relationship. I, I, I mean, I would imagine that once you have, if this is like you're married and there's kids involved, that will be probably be the hardest case to kind of get out of versus like 
you're just dating somebody. Yeah. Because then now you have legal things and you have custody and all that stuff like that. So that I would imagine is, is extremely even, um, difficult. I agree. That that's true. But the, since there's so many nuances to it, um, also I've seen like just um, you know an intimate partner relationship, no kids involved. But the person is just obsessed, like constantly following them, stalking them, mm. um, trying to get in contact with their loved ones, showing up to their job. Like still, even after like just the separation, there's still like things lingering Okay. in regards to the abuse. So that's when it's important to like having to take legal action in regards to restraining orders, et cetera. What are some of the steps that you know, people could take in terms of like once they... A, to get out of the, the relationship, and then B, how to kind of be safe once you're out of it. Do you have certain things that maybe you can recommend to some people? Yeah, so I would say if you're identifying as, you know, a victim of domestic violence of sure. abuse, then definitely try to see, like, because it's, it's a roller coaster of emotions, right. right? Because it's also you you love this person, you see the best in this person you see they, they're goods too right because there has to be good sure, sure, sure. even if there's bad like, there has to be good for you to stay in that um but when you put it on a scale like the yeah. bad it's outweighs the good can't compare completely yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not worth it that's not love and so i would say like proper like talk to someone you trust if you don't have anyone then like reach out to social services, like definitely like planning in regards mm -hmm. to leaving. You can also feel secure and confident. <clears throat> like we never want to like pressure someone in regards to leaving a relationship, right? Because it's like that's us also like trying to control them. True, they have to make that decision. Yeah, I think so that's we want to like empower them, empower that person to feel comfortable with the decision they're making. Yeah, and also preparing them for what will happen, right? Like in regards to like the roller coaster of emotions. Like, hey, it's going to be completely normal that you're going to miss that relationship, miss that person, or most likely that that person is going to, like, reach out and try to, you know, persuade you to go back with them to, for, like, ask you, like, apologize. So it's just, like, so many nuances to it. So it's just, like, having those conversations so they can be mentally, emotionally prepared. For instance, yesterday I had a case that she has a child, and she the child's one, so she just became a new mom. And there's just psychological, physical, emotional abuse. And she's like, oh, I was going to go to a shelter. But then he started telling me, oh, like, what are you doing? Like, what type of mother you are? You're going to a shelter? You're not gonna I don't know what it was the circumstances that he was aware of it. But I guess she was like, hey, I'm leaving. Like, cause mm. he knows that she has no family. So then he was like, oh, well, where are you leaving? So where are you taking my child? And then when she disclosed that, then it's like she had no papers. So oh, then shit. he was like, oh, well, you don't have any papers. I'm going to report you for abandoning your house. And, you know, I'm going to send you back to your country right. and all of this. Right. Like all these threats. But that's not a thing. Right. So they try to do a lot of intimidation in regards to like, hey, you're not documented. So you have no rights in this country, which is not true. You're protected by um, the, like, the law of domestic violence, the statutes. And also, if you go to a domestic violence shelter, you're protected. It doesn't look like you're kidnapping the child. You're not abandoning your household. Oh, yeah. You're actually prioritizing that child's safety and mm. your safety. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So it's like so many things. Like, it's a case by case. I wouldn't. Of course. So I would just say if a person's thinking that, you know, they have to get out of a situation, they don't know how, I would definitely recommend reaching out to the Nos National Domestic Violence Hotline. Mm -hmm. They can also text. <coughs> 
So I put the information here so you guys we'll put it. Yeah, we'll put it yeah. in the description and everything like that. And so they yeah. can text start and then you can have a conversation and they'll contact you. Um, they'll give you the contacts to your most local, local resources. Op- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And when it comes to, let's say, you know, post breakup or post separation and these people, you know, it happens a lot. These people are stalking you and stuff like that. You had said something about like um, um, a restraining order. Or it was like hard to acquire for some people who, because there's some people who are in need of stuff where, you know, they need to get away. They want to get their distance. Yeah. And if so, is it, if, how do you get, how do you go about getting one of those? Is it really effective? What are your thoughts on that? So, okay. I'm going to be honest in reference to that. Sure. It's, um, there's a lot like evidence. There has to be a lot of evidence, you know, documentations of everything. Mm. Um, cause the legal system is still not at parts where it should be in regards to understanding, um, the manipulation and brainwashing that goes with domestic violence behind the scenes. So I say that it helps, right? If this person's stalking you and harassing you, it helps because at least there's a paper trail, you know, yeah. in reference. Like if he, that person gets close to you, you call 911 immediately, they would get arrested right away. If they're contacting you, like let's say there's a restraining order in place. Oh, originally though, anyone can go to a courthouse and file for a restraining order. But you need to have common. proof, right? Well, to file for the restraining order, no. Okay. So a common tactic, too, is that the aggressor, the abuser, will try to get a restraining order first to try to, like, play victim. Wow. Yeah. But that's why there's a hearing, because the judge has to hear both sides of the story. Okay. And they'll make the determination. Yeah, it gets a little... No, it just reminds me of... Um, remember when we went to Iceland? Yeah. There was, like, a lot of drama going on. Sure. But I just... It reminded me, because the person who was kind of starting the drama would run to Uh-oh. give us their side yeah, first yeah, and the other person would say their side and then like, the per- the person who came first was obviously not saying the full story they were playing that yeah. hard and i'm like oh, that doesn't make sense yeah yeah i, I could see how that side. could mm-hmm. be a common practice yeah. yeah yeah let me get my word in first just in case yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. let me paint the picture and let me paint the let me yeah the picture that i wanted to portray yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly interesting so then the judge will like hear both sides and make a determination. And during that time that there's, mind you, I'm not an attorney. <laughs> I disclose that even to my the clients too when of I'm course, talking course, to them about it. But because of my experience that I've seen like with the attorneys, if there's a restraining order in place, I would say don't block the number, don't block their contact information. I've heard that. Yeah, because you want if those to come in. You know what? I don't even know if I'm like. <laughs> Like too much in regards to like shit. No, I would <laughs> say it for you. Yeah, yeah. no, I, but I heard that. No, too. no, but like in regards to like for an aggressor, it's also no. <laughs> so you know, oh. I can like both ways. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, I would just say reach out to your local <laughs> social services. Okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get, I can see that. Um, I think it's very important uh to just be aware of any possibility. Yeah. Um, so what you were saying earlier, I, I just think that we we get very uh emotionally invested and we we forget about logic and just things making sense because we're just so in love yeah or we feel these feelings that we have for someone that we just start to accept things um but for example sometimes people break up and you know no or for example we say it all the time no one gets married thinking that they're going to get divorced Mm. yeah right so what would be the point of getting married then you know But, you know, you go in there thinking that you're going to be there forever. But the, there's always the possibility that, hey, shit could hit the fan somewhere. Yeah. You know, who knows what it could be. But it could happen. Or death 
inevitable we don't know when our feelings can change exactly but so i think that when we do get into relationships and it's not even a relationship like you know intimately just you as friends you can fuck me over one day you can yes it's all about relationships in general yeah Yeah. overall i would i would hope not right and i hope that i can do my part as an amazing person in your life that you would never feel the need to do that to me however i have no control over that but it's also possible that you may yeah and and i just think that having that awareness allows us to be ready for any kind of possibility so you had said to prep for it and i think that we can prep even before we even get into situations and understanding what possible outcomes are there and then not dwell or be like fuck now what it's well okay if this is a possible outcome what can we do to now take the next step what's the next step after this how can we then grow from it's kind of before we even started recording Mm. it's like yeah like it's not really mistakes they're lessons, whether it's a, su- a success or a failure, you reach a point and you're like, okay, well, what's going to come from this? What lesson am I going to get? What growth? What opportunities? What what am I going to learn from this? So I feel like that's kind of like, again, when you're aware of what possibilities could happen, whether they're great, you know, long-term, everything's happy. But if we understand, hey, shit can hit the fan and it can be completely out of my control. Yeah. People tell me all the time when, they, when, when they're drinking at parties or whatever and they're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I, can, I can drive. I can drive. When they're drinking, I'm yeah. like, maybe you can, but who's to say that? the person next to you is not right or the someone is going to take the light when you're waiting right or mm-hmm. you have the green light they take the red light they hit you and then they're going to check you anyways now at yeah. this point even though it's that guy's fault so then it's like you have no control of what can happen so i think just again just being aware and being prepared i think that's the key word awareness i think awareness is everything yeah <clears throat> you know um being aware to what you've experienced like what you can learn from that um even if it was a a low experience you know um like becoming better like for instance you guys had a your friend talia oh you know she she's experienced and disclosed that she was in an unhealthy toxic relationship right and what she took from that was like you know writing a book writing poems in regards to her experience like that was probably like a healing step for her and also like helping others that have gone through that so you know there's always um there's tools to like you know work on it recognize it not trying to avoid it I feel like as a society, we don't teach people. Like, we go to school for math, uh, English, but no one, not everyone's going to be a mathematician, not everyone's going to be an engineer, or not everyone's going to be an artist, but we're not teaching people how to deal with, uh, you know, insecurity, jealousy, guilt. Like, what happens when you're in a bad relationship? Like, how do you get out of that? Even Mm. in regards to friendship. That's true. That is so true, yeah. And it's like, these are tools that we should be teaching people. So, for instance, um... Like, I had a friend, but I don't only want to focus on romantic relationships because, like we said, like, yeah, relationships yeah. In, general, in, general, in general, right? Sure. Because it all comes to awareness and us being aware of, like, who we are and what we want in our life. And I had a friend, friends for years. And beautiful girl, very smart, very witty. And we were, like, it was after my, I was 21, I was single, and I was in my partying stage. So we would party a lot, and we were always party together. But it would come to a moment, it came to a a time that we were partying and it just felt like, like it was like competitive, like competitive energy with me. Mm -hmm. And it's like if the, like if not all attention was on her, then she would get in a bad mood or get quiet. And I addressed it like a few times. I was like, hey, I understand like, you know, that I mean life, um, party life is like superficial and we can get caught up in that. But I want you to know, like, you know, there's at times that. I can get in my head or I can feel a little jealous or a little insecure. 
But at the end of the day, I know that, you know, I'm happy to have you as my friend, my close friend, and, you know, being vulnerable, right? And I got, like, no response. Like, no feedback. Like, oh, okay. And then I was like, okay, well, let me be. She's more of a, like, um, a quiet person, so she'll just, I'll see it in action. So in due time, I'll tell. So we went on a gun, and it was just, like, the same type of environment. Like, this time, like, there was a guy that I was talking to, and, like, she's, like, dancing on the guy and all of this. And I'm like... Oh, okay. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let it go. Continue moving forward. Again, like another situation happened in regards to like even finances. And I was like, oh, there's a lack of respect and lack of consideration. I was like, you know what? I've tried my best. I'm going to end this relationship. Like I still love this person, but it's no longer like serving Serving me, you you know? Like we're not adding to each other's lives. So I think, um, yeah, I think it came to, like, awareness, like, me really reflecting and, like, sitting with my, my feelings and, like, how I felt about the dynamic. Yeah. And me also giving the opportunity to the other person to see if they will, like, put in their part and, like, grow or, like, the like nurture the relationship. Was there any, uh, did you guys ever rekindle after or kind of? We're, um, so there's love, right? Because there's, um, we've been friends since, like, third grade. Um, yeah. So, a lot of history. Yeah, a lot of history. So, like, for our birthdays, we reach out to each other. But okay. That's about it. Once a year. But I wish the best for that person. And I hope, like, because that just go, it speaks to the, the extent that that's how, like, avoidant she is with her own insecurities. Like, she's not dealing with that. She's not um, working on that. Because insecurities is something that we've all experienced. But for it's sure. like, can we better it? Can we accept it? Instead of fighting it or being avoidant, Let's. How can we improve this? I just think it's, it goes back to it. It's just being aware that you may have your insecurities, but so does he. So do I. Okay. So while you're worrying about your own, what I think about your insecurities, I'm too concerned about my insecurities for you not to be, like, to me to worry about yours. And that's how I always think. It's like, who the fuck cares? Like, no one cares about what your insecurities are. They're not worried about you. They're worrying about whatever they think it's their thing. Um, but, no, yeah, I just think that, I, I don't know. I just think that if as, as long as you're aware with, with everything that's going on and you're aware with, you know, what you have. Um, it, it's funny because years ago I had a very similar experience too. Um, that one of my friends, I wasn't third grade friend, but I would call him a prominent friend. And um, he kind of was doing something similar. Like I, that maybe I would go out or I'd bring a girl, I'm talking to a girl, and then I find out a week after that my boy banged her. And I'm like, what's happening here? And it got to, yeah, I'm like, where's the, this guy had no remorse, no respect, like, wouldn't even tell me. I just, I, I never even told me, never, never admitted it. Mm. Found out through a grapevine and then I confronted and whatever. She hit the fan. But it's funny because I always held myself um, to the point where I'm like, you know what? If they're going to disrespect me, I have more respect for myself. I'm not going to allow this to continue. So I cut this motherfucker off. You know, I, I I said, fuck it. Like, I don't want this type of energy in my life. And and, and, and I just saw that, you know, we're kind of, it, it just didn't serve me anything. It just wasn't the type of, of relationship that I wanted um, with this person. Uh, after a while, you know, I think a year passed. And um, I don't know. I would like to consider myself a pretty good friend, dude. I don't know. But uh, he came running back. And I don't I don't know. I accepted him. I, you know, I, I always saw, like, more potential. And, and as of right now, he's actually a really, really good friend of mine. And he's, I feel like he grew and he developed. And I really, I think, feel like I really saw who he was. He was just kind of playing a, a part in whatever stage he was in his life yeah. of having to kind of be somebody. Um, I don't know if it was a competition with himself or maybe some traumas and securities outside of that. Yeah. But grew, developed, and now it's we have a really strong friendship. 
and I always I always stay true to myself though and and I just felt like you know I have my own self-respect and if you're not going to respect me well then I don't think that we have to continue doing this while somebody else may be like but we're friends like we fight all that like this is normal like when we do this it's like no we don't have to. It comes a point in time that if we're not really serving a positive purpose in each other's lives, unfortunately, yeah, we might just have to cut ties. Like, I'm not in the same space as yeah. you. I don't have the same mentality, the same lifestyle. Um, I think it's okay for people to grow and change. That was one mm. of the biggest uh, chapters in the book that we're writing. You yeah. changed. That was actually a very, very beautiful segment because it's true. We do need to uh, accept change and we need to understand that. We have to... As others change or as we choose to change, um, others may choose not to, but then our perspective either has to change as well on them where, okay, well, that's fine. I get that. Maybe I'm changing. You're changing. Well, that'll be the level or it's change of, well, maybe this isn't the environment that serves either of us at this yeah. point. And I feel like sometimes you do have to cut paths. And But again, it's being aware that those are possibilities where you're not feeling like I need to be forced in this situation because yeah. they're my friend, because they're my partner, because they're my employer, whatever it may be. Yeah. I feel like there's a line and eventually as long as you're aware of other possibilities of that could happen, you have that, that I don't want to say an exit strategy, but you're comfortable knowing that you can exit yeah, with I another possibility to look forward it's to. It's definitely about being like true to like yourself and like mm -hmm. your values. And I also think it's very emotionally mature that like when that person tries to come back into your life, you gave them the opportunity, you know, and like now yeah. that relationship is flourishing. So it's like also not, um, anchoring like the past to a person like so it doesn't even like allow them to like grow like you can't even see their growth or how they've changed because like we're human we all make mistakes Pe yeah people are know? allowed to change yeah you know um now doesn't necessarily mean that you have to let them back in yeah. you know he could have easily said rightfully so hey listen you know I, I see the change i see the growth i'm happy for you i wish you well but right now i, I don't have space for you in my yeah. life and that would have been adequate as far as as well you chose, if I chose to if take you, that, if you, yeah. if you would have chosen that route, you didn't, and glad you didn't. But you know that was your prerogative, your choice. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I do agree. People change, and you have to let go. Because I'm not, because I'm not responsible. Because if people make mistakes, people change. But I'm not responsible for the version that you have of me in your head. So if three years, two years, four years pass, or even six months, you still think I'm the same person. That's out of my control, yeah. right? So um, I think change is a beautiful thing, and and friendships romantic relationships it, it, it's something that's gonna, it's bound to happen you know and so you have to be be accepting of that you know i think it's important when i was um looking at like when i was thinking about green flags right and i think one of the green flags is like respecting each other's boundaries right and allowing them to change too like respecting the change and this podcast ho host, her name is Mel Robbins. Mm -hmm. She was saying a story in regards to her husband. She's been with him 26 years. And he wanted to take um, a path of sobriety. He didn't want to drink alcohol. So for a few years, he wanted to take that route. So she was explaining that, like, the first night, she, like, she was cooking. She opened a bottle of wine and just, like, watched him. And, okay. The second night, she opened a bottle of wine again, and he, like, opened a Sprite or something. And she was, like, felt a little agitated about it, you know. And then the third day, she opens another wine, and she, another bottle of wine, and she was like, hey, why don't you drink a, a cup of wine? And he was like, no, I'm good. You're going to stop asking me. I don't want to drink wine. And then she was just like, like complaining, he's like, oh, it's just I don't feel comfortable, like me just drinking wine and all this, right? Because they used to drink together or whatever. And then he was like, 
look, stop asking me to drink wine. Like, I'm making this choice. I'm making this decision. And no one cares what you have in your cup. So if you are concerned and feel a certain type of way, then it sounds like you got to do inner work. <laughs> and, like, so I think it's very great, right? Like, so I wouldn't consider that, like, she's not an aggressor. She's not unhealthy, right? She was experiencing a shift in emotions because now her partner was changing, right? She was, like, seeing a change in her partner. So she wanted to, like, and felt uncomfortable with that. So it's, like, normalizing, like, okay, you can have and experience those emotions. It's just about how you communicate. Yeah. So... I think that was like a green flag because it's like, okay, I'm going to respect him now. So she stopped. So she like learned from that conversation, that experience that he's his own person. And like whatever she was experiencing is like her own internal um, conflict, you know? Interesting. I think it's, it's, it, it could be a very slippery slope though, because I feel like depending on how she then responds after that. Yeah. That's why I said in that sense, it was, yeah. it was green, but that's why I say it's great. Cause it all depends on like your approach and like how you communicate. Excuse me one second. Okay. Yeah, where? Okay. Um, yeah, so I think it's 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 just it's again it's just very delicate because you know it's funny. I mean, I drank yesterday. I went to to happy hour yesterday, but How do you feel? I, like complete shit. <laughs> I felt like shit last week. I felt like garbage. Really? How much did you drink? You drank a lot. I drank a good amount. What'd you drink? Uh, Sorry. I, had, I had whiskey. Uh, a lot of whiskey? I had the Japanese whiskey? The Japanese, which was amazing. Oh, but really? the next day, it felt like dog shit. How much did you drink? Uh, I had like five glasses. Like, you know, neat. Dude, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday I had, um, it was three uh, cocktails. Of, it was some tequila. I think margaritas. Okay. But then they also, or four. I think it was three margaritas, one cucumber margarita. It was awesome. That sounds yummy. And a <laughs> shot. Um. And but the reason why I'm saying is because for January, um, I completely changed my diet, and I think I think he also yeah, yeah. cleaned up his diet as well. We're on like on a whole health mission right now, so um, drinking really isn't part of my thing anymore. And sometimes you know uh, you know have people around me that they'll have beer. Like when I go to, to to fight, sometimes you know people will be there and they'll open up beers or to the beach. Everyone's sure. there with their with their claws or their seltzers, their fucking liquor, whatever. Yeah. And I'm just there with my water. Um, fortunately, I've never felt pressure. I mean, sometimes my boys will be like, oh, you can't just wet your lips a little bit, man, get a little bit. But I just feel so much better when I don't. But I could, I could see how that can kind of be manipulated in a way like, oh, like you're not going to be drinking. Like, you know, like just kind of forcing and forcing. And it almost gets to the point where it's like, dude, like leave me alone. Like I don't want to. So it's like that boundary where having them respected. I mean, I feel like that can kind of be like very delicate how it gets approached. Yeah, that's why I think, um, like, boundaries are necessary, right? And we're allowed to, to change and, like, change our diets if we want or approach or yeah. if we want to get into our health and, like, focus more in regards to fitness. Um, but then, you know, sometimes the partner can see that as, like, feeling insecure because they're not doing it. So they just want to keep you in, like, in this pity party with them, like, like uh, in the cycle. I can see that, too. Yeah, it just and, and it's also, I think, a lot of people, they get comfortable um with whatever the situations is and and i think it goes back to routine and i think that's what happens with um you know we're talking about like these these cases where you build a routine where it just becomes normal and so this you know abuse just becomes part of their normal routine because that's all that they know and that's all that they're used to so i feel like once that there's a shift it's almost like wait what's going on like what's changing like what's missing whatever and i feel like then that's where the i feel like it's you yourself giving yourself your own abuse at this point because you just get so used to, like, yeah, this like environment. The, like, you're used to, like, the walking on eggshells, right? So I think one of the, like, 
we were talking about red flags and yeah. green flags. One of the red flags that I was um, thinking about, it's like having to feel like you constantly have to report to that person, right? Like there's a difference between like freely communicating, yeah. right? Yeah. Like just like, hey, like I did this with my, my girlfriends or we're going here. But let's say like the plans change, right? So and you just like, you don't text them about it. Like you tell them at the end of the day, like, oh yeah, we end up changing the plans and doing this. And it feels okay. It feels comfortable. Uh, but yeah. someone that's in an abusive relationship, they feel like they have to report, right? Because it's like, oh, if I tell if I tell them after that the plans change, then it's going to be a whole fight. It's going to be a whole shit show. So I have to like constantly be updating uh, them in regards to like yeah, my whereabouts, yeah, yeah. like who am I with, things like that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. so there's a big difference between feeling that you have to report to someone like your partner which is like not um not it, it's a huge red flag you know unhealthy, yeah yeah it's very unhealthy and between like freely communicating like just talking to your partner Morning and not you. feeling um scared of their response their reaction that is so that's i'm glad you brought this up because i was actually going to ask you about certain red flags that didn't, that maybe occur in a relationship where you can say well that's a bad sign for something to go down you know and you said that is one of them, right? Yeah. Um, do you have any other maybe red flags? I would say extreme jealousy. Um, okay. That could even be with, like, family, with friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's true. Like, yeah, I mean, I've even seen cases that, like, they can't even go to the gym. Because I've heard of that, too. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of yeah. that. Or go to the beach and, like... We can't go anywhere Yeah. without them. But if they don't want them to work, like, oh, no, I want you to stay at home. Yeah. yeah or if they do to. work, they're just constantly like checking in on them, constantly texting, calling, yeah, video Location, chatting, like yeah, so maybe like a video. to make sure that they're there. Work. Yeah, that's like the, the like I want to get like in. You're the, constantly like unease. Like why? I wonder. Like that's what I, I really want to get into the head of one of these people. Like, what is the the concern so bad that of the the control? Yeah, I feel like an abuser. Come on the show, maybe. The obsession. Yeah, if you're a narcissist. No, not a narcissist. We don't use labels yeah, here. Yeah. Unless we want to, whenever we want to. <laughs> but at this point, uh, if you're an aggressor, hey, reach out to us. Yeah, <laughs> maybe uh, like a former what aggressor. What about you a freaking <laughs> FBI? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. Set up. I mean, that. I don't know if you guys ever heard the podcast of... Um, I, uh, I can't remember the the person's name that hosts it. But he had Shia LaBeouf on oh, an episode. That's his name. Uh He's a fucking Punisher. Oh, yes. Yeah. Such a good actor. What's his name? Such a good actor. You don't know his name? I have, I'm bad with names. You know that. <laughs> I should know his name, but it's not You should know his name. Now. He was in The Walking Dead. Yes. Oh, man. Okay, whatever. Him. He'll find it. Carry on. So, Shia LaBeouf was also... John Bernthal. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, uh-huh. Shia LaBeouf was disclosing um, because he... He had um his ex-partner come out and like report the abuse that she was experiencing with him. Which I love Yeah. Was that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's an artist too. She's a singer. She's an actress. She was in his movie Honey Boy. Oh and yeah? Yeah. So they worked together movie. and yeah, I didn't watch it. You know, it was actually like completely made up. Like he said that he never experienced like abuse from his father. He just made that up. Really? Yeah. Because supposedly didn't he put that didn't he make that movie based on... Like, it was his childhood experience? Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, if you hear the podcast, such a good podcast. It was I've such a good episode. Such a good episode. One of my like boys, he sent it to me, but I saw that it was like two, three hours. It was two hours. Long. I watched it's it like three times. Really? Yeah. I, I, I was inve very invested because I think... It's like an Avenger movie, a Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta be prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> because he was so raw and transparent. Right, right, right. right. And yeah, I think yeah. um, it. it's about... 
not like you don't want a person or an aggressor to stay an aggressor right like why would we want like a person like just hurting more people you know so i think in regards to like becoming aware and like taking accountability and ownership and like taking the necessary steps to like do that inner work and really like change to be like hey this is unacceptable like i have a bad instinct in regards to like having to control everything you know like detaching from the need to control my partner or what they do with this constant insecurity because usually people are like so caught up in regards are so worried about the person cheating is because they're cheating right yeah. and they don't want to feel that but yeah it's know? a guilty conscience, guilty conscience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's just like so many like so many things yeah. so many factors that um, play a role so i just think um yeah i highly recommend even like i think aggressors have the opportunity to change um we'll definitely get more into that after when i tell you in regards to like my past relationships and stuff can i use the bottom for a moment we're actually yeah. gonna have to finish up. We're, there might be a part two because we're gonna yeah. have to finish up because we are we have a next guest coming up yeah i kind of oh, wish no we would have brought her second yeah we should have brought her second i didn't mm-hmm. realize this other guy first yeah but then he would have been long too yeah be long. Talk. yeah i think we might have to do okay, a part so two what do we do what do we do what we're we gonna do? have to close up uh, oh really yeah 10 minutes yeah i don't want to keep it okay okay i think we're gonna have to do a part two okay because there's, there's a lot more that we can dissect damn in. marvin yeah but we're already at an hour and ten i bet it was getting juicy and uh but we'll we'll, we'll circle up. oh damn. one thing i didn't want to bring up before i'm sorry think about uh the whole thing with johnny depp that whole thing was i was thinking year. that too that no. did you hear like some of the maybe you were following so maybe more than I others w- i actually was not following the case because um a very unpopular opinion right um what do you say what do you say so i just heard like snippets right (laughs) all right and like i said aggressors are very charming and like many people play the victim right so for instance he was mentioning i just heard like two or three things um one thing was that his mother was an aggressor right so his mother that's no longer in the picture because she is deceased cannot advocate or talk or defend herself so she's an aggressor and his father was a victim to her abuse, and they were together for years. And he never, the father never screamed, never raised his voice, never used profanity, right? Um, like, my experience in regards to domestic violence, like, people, like, we have a limit, right? People get fed up, and in one moment, like, they can, like, lose their shit, and, like, also, like, um, self-defense, like, talk, like, answer back, like, go off, Right, because we're human, and like we have a certain level of tolerance. So you're gonna tell me that your his father spent all these years, like, um, observing abuse from the mother, and at no point did he even raise his voice or like curse. Like I don't know, that's a little. Mm. But when you're thinking of Johnny Depp itself, like you, and he has a past history of being violent, um, showing up drunk to like, um, right? But filming. he ne- he never said that he wasn't. But he's but there was there was abuse on his end, but it's literally videos recordings of her abusing him too didn't she shit on his bed on his she shit on I, his, didn't, I didn't she get shit on his bed on his pillow or whatever yeah. right? <laughs> so <the shit's> <laughs> <laughs> who does that dude <laughs> sick like and then she there's video. which abuse is that one yeah. bro what is the shit on the pillow for you know does it say it like somewhere? honestly um <laughs> you'd be surprised of what people do right like i said my father was an aggressor so you think johnny depp shit on his own pillow and blamed yeah. it on emma right? <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know about that. I mean, it could be that she also, like, partook and she was also an aggressor. Like, you can be toxic on both ends. Yeah. He also took, like, two years. Like, she put a restraining order and, like, they went to, like, trial, like, 
two years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I don't know, know the, the the legalities of that, but I just I heard the, some of the testimonies. I heard some of the voice, the recordings. Yeah. Where she was like, "Oh, do, uh, go," because uh, he was saying oh, that. Who's, uh, who's what, who's an abuser or like? What was it? Yeah, yeah. Go, what are you gonna like, do? Who, who, who's gonna believe yeah. you? Who's gonna believe you? Literally, she said it. And then like no she, one's gonna believe you. Yeah, no one's gonna believe you that, that that I'm abusing you. And she she did abuse him. And so, um, and then she was crying and like faking all that. I mean, I'm not saying he's an uh, he's he's an angel. Yeah. But there was there's proof that he was also, um, being abusive and drunk and. and, and it could have been both, right? Sure, like sure, sure. Both aggressors. I wouldn't necessarily say. Um, yeah, I, that was I, a, that was a probably a very high profile case of well, where men. Is is yeah. claiming to be uh, getting abused, right? And so we don't really hear that, and it wasn't really as common. So I think when they announced the verdict, I think it was also kind of like a victory for for men as well, saying, "Well, you know what? If, yeah. if Johnny Depp can do it, Johnny Depp can step <laughs> forward and be honest. You know, maybe I can be too, and and say, yeah, I'm I'm a victim of domestic abuse. So it's kind of just like a cherry on the top. Yeah, of my yeah. Uh, I didn't follow the the case, the so case. I appreciate that input. Yeah. So it can def- I agree with that. Like, if he is um, a victim, then yeah, it does help other men to feel more comfortable in regards yeah. to coming out. Because and I think that's a success. You know, yeah. that's one of the good things that came out of that. Then. <sighs> yeah. It's a dub yeah. for men. Yeah. A dub for men. We needed that one. I know. <laughs> Desperately. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think we're gonna have to wrap it up. Unfortunately, definitely yes. gonna be need to be a part two. I'm sorry. So upset. You know, I'm disappointed. I didn't anticipate this. You didn't anticipate. I didn't anticipate we were going to go more than an hour and 20 minutes. Well, Milagros, I apologize for <laughs> this inconvenience. Um, Damn, you thought I wasn't a conversationalist? No, but I, I certainly did. But um, with the schedule that we had today. Yeah, get yourself out of this. <laughs> no, like normally we record a little bit earlier, but, you know, I was going to blame Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we have to start recording at one because Chris likes to work out in the morning. So with that being said, <laughs> shifted ladies the and gentlemen, um, Milagros, thank you so much. Oh, give us your final thoughts. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, yes, it is time to break up, unfortunately. Um, it's not you. It's uh, it's Marvin. Uh, <laughs> please give us uh, some final thoughts. Anything you'd like to say to your younger self, something that's very important to you, a message you'd like to share with the world, uh, stage is yours. Well, I don't. Um, I would say just for anyone that's experiencing domestic violence to know that you're not alone, to not feel shame because i sometimes people can feel shame in regards to like hey i'm in this relationship um i'm this i choose to be with this person i've chosen to be with this person i'm already this deep in this relationship but you know there is a way out it's never too late to invest in yourself and sometimes people stay in the cycle in regards to the fear of the unknown but there's nothing like freedom and feeling at peace like having that mental emotional peace and clarity so there's you, there's no reason you don't have to stay stuck in that relationship, you know. No one has the right to control you, to abuse you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I love that. Beautiful. Very meaningful, and means even more coming from you, obviously, who has that background, who's spoken to probably dozens at this point, probably hundreds of women and men, and who who has that insight. So, um, and thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your perspective and. And again, we have people from all walks of life, but I yeah. hope that there's going to be maybe somebody who listens who is in that position who will be helping out with this episode. So thank you so much. Uh, can people reach out to you if they have any uh, questions, concerns, or anything? Yeah, definitely. Um, on Instagram, 
So my Instagram name is oh, Nelly97 <laughs> underscore. Follow that. <laughs> Right. with I that being that. said ladies and gentlemen Minados thank you so much for coming on thank unfortunately you. we gotta cut it short um, apparently it's my fault as well uh, but till next time till next time we do sure. need to invite oh, I appreciate you that. we'll We're do a part two for sure yeah no no 100% we'll I'm actually gonna have a very stern conversation with Marvin after this episode about this <laughs> <laughs> no but for real we are gonna definitely bring you back on because there's, I feel like especially with the direction that we're going um and and the kind of conver- the conversation that we're trying to to have you seem like you're one of the better equipped people to be to go into and, and having these kind of conversations so oh, without a doubt yeah so and, and not only that. that and you are a very great uh conversationalist yeah unlike uh what others may think but uh <laughs> i was a little it's a little nerve-wracking when i thought got in my head in regards to the camera but i do appreciate so much this conversation because i think these type of conversations are important Super you know important. and like but being vulnerable is such a strength and we don't talk about that enough yeah, yeah. and um that's what this podcast is all about and you're having these conversations that a lot of people might be afraid to or you know you know it's, it's a taboo thing or it doesn't happen to, if it you know it happens to me but maybe other people don't understand well guess what people do understand you know yeah. so thank you so much for sharing and not only that thank you for this <laughs> that was fire this yeah. is probably one of the only guests that actually bring us something nice showed up with that thing i was oh shit what's going so on with that being said ladies and gentlemen milagros thank you so much you were amazing until next time guys. until next time guys thank you thank you for the support peace bye